Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. So we're talking about friendships today, what trials reveal about friendships. We thought that would be relevant to what we're all dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, as this global pandemic continues um, around the world, a lot of people are um, experiencing stay-at-home orders of some kind, or at least just not going out and not being as social as they normally are, and that can reveal a lot of different things. Um, Specifically, people have commented um, to us about feelings of isolation Mm. and loneliness, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, um, but also about what it reveals regarding your friendships. Um, Well, first of all, how are you doing? How are you really doing? mm -hmm. So if someone asked you a third time, no, really, we want to know, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How would you answer that? And I think it's important to think about that because uh, we need to be um, edified. We need to be strong so we can lead for our families and for others. God made us social beings because we are made in his image and he's a social being, being yeah. in community with himself, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, three in one. And um, when we are trying to be obedient to the authorities that have asked us to stay at home as much as possible, especially if we're sick, yeah. it can be um, so life-altering that we can easily um, become self-consumed and potentially not even reach out to people that we do love and care about, at least not in the same way that we used to. Um, And that can reveal a lot of things to other people as well, right? And so if if you maybe haven't been... um, getting text messages or phone calls or you haven't seen somebody from work or someone from church or a friend that you've had for a long time and you've literally gone distant in your relationship over the last month or so, it's time to reconsider and really be introspective and think about what kind of relationship you have sown. Yeah, maybe it was just a relationship of circumstance, meaning you went to work, you had a good relationship with that other brother. And now that you're not working together, that relationship hasn't been staying the course. And as we were were talking about this session before, we were especially concerned for um, the body of Christ Mm -hmm. because the truth that we know from our personal experience, because we have been married for 20 years, and in those 20 years, we have only been a part of home church for about almost four years now. Yeah. Um, But... Before that, we had thought about doing home church. Um, Maybe we'll share that story later in another podcast. But we know the difference between being a part of mega churches, Mm -hmm. large churches that are not mega churches, smaller churches, church plants, and home churches, because we've experienced all of those. And we have experienced firsthand what it can be like to walk into a church, even if you're super involved in running ministries, and walk out 
and not really connect with anybody. We've also experienced not showing up because of sickness or whatever, and no one reaching out to us because they just assumed that we went to a different service. And so here you have the coronavirus, and people are not able to gather in churches as we have for a very long time. Um, And people might potentially be like, wow, I thought I was friends with her or him. Yeah. And I haven't heard from them at all since this whole thing started. And that might be really hurtful, actually. You might ask yourself, have they heard from you? And But there's a lot of things that loneliness can reveal, trials can reveal. Um, Periods of time that are unique like this can reveal in us. And instead of focusing on the negative things, we would ask you in this episode to focus on uh, introspection, which is looking at yourself. And thinking about Mm -hmm. what can I learn from this? What does this reveal about Mm -hmm. where my contribution is or my contribution is lacking in cultivating deep relationships? Where, what does this reveal about my communities I'm a part of? Yeah. And what is it revealing about my own sin that I couldn't see before? Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe I'm getting angry because uh, authorities are imposing something on me that's hurting my relationships. Or maybe, um, you know, you have a spirit of independence and rebellious and you're rebelling against authority uh, when there's stay at home orders or things like that. You know, it's interesting. As we were discussing this before, the first thing that came to my mind was what are we focusing on? Like a lot of times people can become really um, bitter, angry, sad, frustrated, kind of going, wow, I thought I was friends with them and I haven't even heard from them. And here I am sick and no one's even reached out or offered a prayer or anything, right? And it can be easy to focus on that, which is actually, I'm going to say, um, this might be, seem harsh, but I'm just going to be blunt. It it's actually reveals that we're focusing on ourself and we have a self-focused desire and attitude and perspective towards our friendships. You know, what are our fr- friendships yeah. going to give us versus so what can we give our friendships? So good. It's funny you say that because I was just talking to our four-year-old this morning, Solomon, and he was lamenting about all the little hurts on his body, which he has a, li- a tiny little burn on one finger. Oh, which yeah, is from his the really, left girdle. Which is really his only hurt, and it's way on the men. Oh, I know. And then he, But then all of a sudden his toe was hurting, and he had a hurt here, and he pointed out like five areas he's hurting, and then he's like, I want to play with my brother's toy, and... I, I really I'm bored. You need to create something for me to do, Dad. What am I gonna do? And I'm talking with him, and then I just look at him and I go, "All you're doing is focusing on yourself. What a miserable existence. That is be horrible just to focus on yourself because now you're looking for owies. <laughs> now you're looking for owies oh, yeah, and things know. to complain about. Uh, I just talked to my kids like I would talk to. Like Clearly, because you you use the word lamenting and miserable with a four year old. I love it. <laughs> and he's like, Solomon, why aren't you being introspective? He's like, I'm not just thinking about myself. <laughs> yes, you are, pal. <laughs> it's funny, though, that's our human nature. And we need to recognize that we all struggle with that at times. But to be really honest and say, okay, why am I feeling down right now? Wow. Okay. So that actually is a reflection of self-focusedness and my desires when I actually haven't even communicated what I need to my friend. Yeah. Right. And so there's a lack of communication on, on or, my part, which is spouse, sin. 
right? Or your spouse. Um, But then also there's this element of pride potentially where you don't let people in to know that you have needs or let people know what's going on in your heart or your desire for a deeper friendship. And then you're just angry that you don't have a deeper friendship without having actually gone out on the limb and actually tried to, to cultivate it. Which is our first point. Of we need to pay attention to where we've sowed and where and how we're reaping. Right. So the the principle in the Bible of sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. and um, which is not just about money. Like the scripture that yeah. we have um, for you guys today is in Second Corinthians, um, chapter nine, verse six and seven. Um, and this is in regards to money yeah. primarily, but it can be applied to other things in our life. And I think that it's important that we understand that the spiritual law of sowing and reaping does apply to everything. But this I say, he who spares, sorry, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he's purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. But the principle of sowing and reaping has to do with the heart. In all things. Well, and the, the thing that's interesting is it, it, when you read this scripture, there's one word here that I don't notice. You know what word I don't notice? When you were reading that, it just stood out to me. It says, so let each one give. It doesn't say, so let each one take. Oh, yeah. Interesting, right? And that's it shows the difference between what our perspective is. If it's self-focused, then we're like, why aren't they serving me? Why aren't they calling me? Why aren't they doing these things for me? And sometimes we can get in a mode of having, just like money, accounts in our mind of, mm. Mm, here's how much I've put in those accounts of mm-hmm. those friendships and how much of those people put in my account mm-hmm. in that friendship. And I think we need to not, there there could be sometimes some relevancy to that, but it doesn't really help you to think of accounts. Well, it's, I, I get what you're saying. That's really a really help. good perspective. Because, it doesn't really help you at all. No, it doesn't. Because if you're like, well, I'm always the one that's giving in this relationship and they're never giving. They're just always taking. Well, why were you giving in the first place? Did you have a cheerful heart attitude? Were you just giving without the expectation of receiving in return, because yeah. that's what real unconditional love is, right? And I mean, there is an element of when you're looking at like biblical friendship, for example, there should be both people giving. Absolutely. Right? And so you do need to evaluate your relationships and not be constantly pouring yourself out to other people when no one else is. But sometimes there's two sides up, to the but, story yeah. where you think you're giving more, maybe they think the same thing. Right. You just never know. There's different perspectives and we should just have a lot of grace for each other, especially in tough times. Yeah. And I think I think being introspective is what we've been talking about. What has your sowing reaped? Right. So instead of deflecting and go, it's they should, this person hasn't, these things, to go, well, what have I reaped in my relationships now that we can't physically be near each other? Right. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, the depth of your relationship should not be altered or changed by a stay-at-home order. Um, I know that the younger generations, like the millennial generation and and even younger than that, they are used to a social world, like with social media, texting. We didn't have that, actually, for many, many years, most of our lives, actually, to where it's, um, for us, getting on the phone and picking up the phone and having a phone conversation is not an awkward new thing. Whereas even with our kids, I know that for them, some of them, it is because they're used to just texting. And so 
this is a time to stretch out of your comfort zones is where I'm going with this. Oh yeah. And that we need to find creative ways to actually connect because the depth of your relationship should not be changed based upon not being able to see each other face to face for a short period of time. You can utilize zoom calls. We've been doing that with our church. Or maybe you've been posting on social media and normally your friends like things, but since you've been home, there's not much to post about. You're not getting that dopamine release of people liking your posts. <laughs> Which isn't real relationship anyways, right, but it does exactly. release a dopamine release and we get addicted to it. And and then in addition to that, you're used to texting and you don't usually call because I see people and then I text them when I don't see them. Mm -hmm. Now that you can't see them, you're only texting. Maybe that's not going very well. And maybe there's like, maybe this is revealing there's the, the poor communication we always have and it's mm -hmm. just more glaring right now. Or even it could be like, I just want to go back to what you were talking about regarding social media and putting posts up and then the dopamine release and how that can be addictive because I think that you're onto something there. If we were just to continue with that thought even a little bit longer because a lot of times people will get their satisfaction in that, right? Mm -hmm. They find their contentment, their joy, their happiness is dependent upon accolades from other people. And if they're at home and they're not living the life that they normally are living, that's so glamorous, right? Like we have celebrities that are normally traveling and doing all these big things and they're at home just like all of us right now, right? And so the reality is, is if they don't have something to post and then they feel negative about themselves because they're not getting accolades, that actually, that right there reveals where they're finding their identity, where they're yeah. finding their joy. And it's in a false hope, yeah. actually, which is why that would lead to depression and other things like that. And so I think that it's important that we are being, we've been saying it over and over again, being introspective, but we also need to try harder and we need to step out of our comfort zones, do FaceTime, praise God for all the technology we have, utilize it. Yeah. Um. There's another scripture that we were going to share with them that's in Proverbs 17, Love 17. This is an a fantastic proverb. You ready? You ready to listen? Are you ready? It's good. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So you really know who your close friends are, your deep friendships, where you've sown deeply with people when you face trials. Yeah. And I, the thing that's interesting about this though, is that <laughs> you get to know who your real sister or real brother is, because the reality is, is some people are not a real friend. Yeah. And I think that that can be the hardest part about what we're all walking through right now, right? Is that I know that for me, I can speak to both having experienced biblical friendship and walking through hard times like miscarriage where the women in our church were totally there for me. They wanted to be there with me, actually. And I was able to open up my life and have a couple of them come right after the women's gathering. And they stayed with us while the last mm -hmm. few hours of losing our last baby, Mercy. Um, and that was special. We had worship music going. We listened to worship music together. We prayed together. They mm -hmm. cried with me, kissed my forehead. You know, oh, Or when my company went out of business, people showing up with truckloads of meat to Providing for our family, to money showing up to just time. even cancel wise time, cancel time helping us rebuild. Time. Yeah, you know there we have we have walked through massive trials where we have seen real sisters and brothers rise up and walk towards us in our suffering, but we've also experienced the opposite. Sure, where we have walked through trials and then in the people way. that we thought were our closest friends, all of a sudden disappeared. And we're unheard from. And, you know, part of that, I, I try to always have grace. And this is my message to you is that I would encourage you to have grace with them because maybe yeah. they're just not spiritually mature enough to be able to handle 
what real trials are like. Like if they've yeah. never dealt with death or miscarriage they, and they just don't know what to say, they're allowing their I don't know what to say to affect their ability to actually have compassion and empathy with someone, which is a lack of spiritual maturity, actually. We also don't know what's so, going on in their marriage, their yep. relationship. Or maybe you do because you are deeper friends. Yeah. But um, there, there's some unknowns. But I, my point in sharing this with you is that you have to like allow people to be on their own spiritual journey. And that doesn't mean that you ditch those friendships. Mm -hmm. It just means that you have a more awareness of what you can expect from them. And it's not necessarily that they're going to be the ones that can walk through the hard times with you. And I've had, that's been a reality. Like when we were on, I was on bed rest with our sixth baby. Um, I was puking 14, 16 times a day through my back out. I was paralyzed from the waist down in the hospital for a few weeks. And during that time, people that I would have thought would have come and visited me in the hospital did not. And in fact, we only had one person yeah. come visit us. There was an older lady from our church. No other friends showed up at the hospital. I was there three weeks. Well, so, I, I think there was two older ladies. There was a wife of a gentleman that we hadn't spent. They came to our home. I'm talking about yeah. at the hospital oh, for yeah, three yeah. weeks. At our home yeah. to take care. And that particular example was really touching because we weren't super close with them. Totally. But, just, but we went to church with them. And all of a sudden, this wife who had young kids herself sacrificed and came in and, and she was she was cooking was food amazing. for our family and then our pastor's wife came in and homeschooled our kids for like a month ish yeah. until she got cancer at the time and, i had yeah. work that i had to literally had to be at work yeah. for and because yeah. i was on bed rest for three months we had to have people helping us yeah. but at that time we were i mean honestly it was more like a home church setting because there were only five or six families that were going to that church and um it, we were the youngest family so, there and that was an opportunity to grow friendships in adversity yeah. that I would have never thought I would have been close to which is the point and why I'm bringing this story up is that sometimes that's why that particular passage that we just read in Proverbs that a brother is born for adversity like yeah. that I would have never guessed that I'd be close to some of those women and they have hold such a dear place in my heart because we were in a time of adversity and they became sisters. They served us. So you might be wondering, oh, I want friends like that. I haven't had people yeah. show up during those times. And some of you are like, I have, and I know about that, but I want more of that. Yeah. And the question we have for you is, are you purpose? Are you considering that as a priority mm -hmm. when you decide where you're going to church? Do you consider that as a priority in, in the kinds of communities you Put yourself into. So I have to say something about this too, because this this particular conversation that what you're bringing up is our perspective on what we're joining, whether it's a community, a church, right? And you know what, Isaac, do you remember when we were on our RV trip on the way home? You asked all of us in the family, "How do you want to re-enter community?" Because we had been gone for three months. Yeah. I think that would be a great question to pose to everyone on the podcast because they've been pulled away from all of their communities, all oh, of their activities. Great. How do you want to re-enter your friendships well, and your communities? Let's back up for a second. So the reason for that was more positive than anything. Yeah. And you should look at this positively. So you've had a break from physically being around people. So that's a good time for reflection. It's a good time to hear what God's telling you. It's a good time to have introspection about your own areas of improvement. And then look at how have I showed up and how am I looked at, respected or not respected, loved or not loved? Um, how are you contributing or not contributing? And look at that and go, is that how 
I want to contribute? Is that mm-hmm. how I want to be loved? Is that how I want to bring meaning to the communities I'm part of? And if it's not, what a beautiful opportunity to purposely think about it. And then when the time comes to reinsert, you already have a plan. So I asked everybody in our family, every single person, except for maybe Solomon, he was pretty young then. He was two. Had a list. plan, a yeah. list. And you know what? Those things happened when we came back. That totally. And it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, everything from one of our daughters wanting to be viewed more as a woman within our biblical community and church. She was at that transitional stage just before the biblical womanhood ceremony that we do. If you're interested in that, we have a podcast on those. So you go look those up in season one. And this could be your work too, guys, uh, or, or gals, if you work yeah. out of the home. So it's how do I want to re-enter that community? How do I want these relationships? How do I want people right. to respect me? Yeah. And I'll just share like for me, I wanted to be fully who I was. I was holding back, mm-hmm. meaning so the gift of the spiritual gift of um spiritual discernment and exhortation. So exhortation especially, I think that people don't really like that gift. They don't allow it to exist very much. And what I mean by that is um, the correcting, admonishing, teaching, instructing gift, where it's like you see sin in somebody's life and you actually call them out on it instead of letting them just continue in the bondage and the mm-hmm. circulation of going over and over and over. Oh, woe is me over and over again. And and I just felt like God was saying, Angie, you need to be this because I would constantly see things and I'd bring them to my husband and it was frustrating for me. I'd ask God to take it away from me. But he encouraged me. Isaac did. No, God gave this to you. You need to embrace it. You need to steward it. It's one of the talents that he's given you. You need to do something with it. And so that became my thing of this is how I want to reenter community. I want to be bringing my gift to the table because the whole body will be better edified. And I did. I mean, it was hard at first to speak truth and love. Here's the thing. I want to give a warning because sometimes the power God gives you, the gifts God gives you um, are not well received. And it depends on the community you're in. Sometimes there's insecure leadership around you. And sometimes you're not using the gifts appropriately too. So it could be your fault. It could be the environment you're in is not welcoming of that. I would always err on the side of introspection and looking at myself, asking God to reveal things to me. But also there might be some conversations one-on-one you need to have leading up to this re-entry or during this Mm re-entry and going, hey, Here's how I've been showing. I really feel like God has gifted me in uh, the helps, helping more. Yeah. That's one of the spiritual gifts. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. The helps. Um, and so I want to find ways to help more people in need at our church. Yeah. And uh, that would be really cool. And asking how to do that. So I think that, you know, ultimately you have it. We ha- We all have a reset button right now, actually, regarding most of our relationships in the sense that if we're really introspective and we're honest, we can go back, start re-entering into fellowship with people, pursuing people, you know, communicating. But And we could come in with this different purpose and be more of who we believe God has for us to be. But the reality is, is we actually need to communicate with people about that too so that there's a different receptiveness, which I think was really important. I know that when we returned home, we had a women's meeting at our church and I just shared with them about this concept of how do you want to re-enter community? And I shared with them about what I felt like I was holding back. And I I asked for forgiveness that I had held that back because it actually was preventing further spiritual growth in my sisters. And I knew that. And they were all very receptive. And then as I started like sharing things and being more who I was and just sharing them right away, it 
there was no like thinking beyond that. It wasn't this thing that was tempting me to constantly dwell on and, and stuff. And so there, I, I just am sharing that brief little story with you to challenge you and go, what is it that you're holding back from your friendships? And like we said before, do we have a selfish perspective on the friendships and trying to take versus what can we give and leading those friendships? A lot of people are not comfortable with deep biblical friendship, actually. So, so we've kind of gotten into the second point already, but it's good. It's how to grow your relationships. And I would say one of the key things is to pray for that relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're just pursuing relationship with somebody in your own strength, you're missing out on the power of God. Because mm-hmm. you know what's cool when you pray? God can literally in that same moment convict the friend yeah. that you're, they're missed. Right. And I think that also um, sometimes we don't know what to pray for for people. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can intercede on our behalf with groans yeah. and, and, and different things. And I think that it's important that when we're praying under the leadership of the Holy Spirit versus praying under the leadership of our mind and our thoughts, our prayers change yeah. to where they it, it becomes more of a conversation between you and God where the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you to pray for. And even just praying in silence and the Lord knows what that other person needs. And I think that there's an element of like how how committed are you to your friendships can mm-hmm. be determined based upon how much time you're willing to spend praying for your friendships, Amen. actually. Um, because the reality is, is if we don't go to God and we're just like self-focused and it's about us, then that's when friendships don't go well. Um but I think that prayer is definitely a huge part of it. And I would say if you want to have deeper biblical friendships, you should actually um, lead or invoke praying together. Yeah, absolutely. That's super powerful. That's when you actually get to know what's on someone's heart when you hear them crying out to God. Now, we have some super compelling tips we want to give you. I'm just going to pause for a moment because usually I say this at the beginning, but we're so thankful for Everybody that's part of the One Million Legacy Movement, mm. everything we're doing, we've, yeah. we're totally called by God to do this. And it's been amazing uh, just in in times where we're like, oh, how's this going to work out? Another donation shows up or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or courses are purchased and we're getting the feedback. Uh, so many people um, jumped into the homeschool blueprint, blueprint which course. is just launching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that at CourageousParenting.com in the menu. Or the show notes for this episode, of course, at CourageousParenting.com. Hit podcast and get all the show notes and info about this podcast episode. And also the people that uh, the Parenting Mentor Program, all these things help us go move forward in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. But we pour our hearts into everything. We feel like God is giving us wisdom as we're doing these things. And it's just really encouraging for us, more, even more than mm-hmm. the money. It's encouraging us to get the feedback and see people sharing it and sharing the movement and all that. So we're really thankful. And you guys, um, I just wanted you to know that we try to reinvest as well, you know, in you guys in being able to create different courses like the Homeschool Blueprint, which is the newest thing that we've been working on. And and so when you are donating to our ministry, you're actually furthering the ministry and and helping equip other parents to be courageous parents for this uncertain world in all different kinds of avenues, whether it's just biblical parenting, parents yeah. that are struggling with that and doing the parenting mentor program, or parents who are like, 
I don't know what I'm doing with this homeschooling thing, or I need rejuvenation. I need new vision. Something needs to change in order for me you know to continue homeschooling. You know what's interesting? Something fascinating. We haven't shared this with anybody. We haven't actually talked about this clearly like this, but something that's been happening this year, and God orchestrates things actually, is that for every course that someone has bought, we've given at least another course away. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a calculated thing. That has just happened. Yeah. And um, it didn't happen like that last year, but it's been happening this year. And I'm wondering if God's calling us to just proclaim that, put mm-hmm. that on the front of the website and make a promise to people that we're going to do that. I don't know if we're going to do that yet, but that's what has been happening. Mm-hmm. And my heart is full. I don't know yeah. about you. I think it is. I think yeah. your heart's full too about that. Mm-hmm. It's just really mm-hmm. neat because right now, not everybody can afford any, some people can't afford anything right now. Yeah. And uh, and so that's been really, really neat. So anytime you're purchasing a course, mm-hmm. just know that probably someone else is that really needs it and can't afford it is probably getting help with that too. So mm-hmm. let's dive more into this. So um, invest and initiate. We've talked about this a little bit, but as you're reflecting on your relationships, mm-hmm. you're, you're realizing where maybe you haven't invested in the proper mm-hmm. ways and initiated, but you know, it's never too late. And so right. how can you initiate right now? One way, I just told somebody this the other day. Why don't you write them a letter? Yeah. And an old-fashioned letter. Aren't you kind you know, of You know, snail mail? Aren't you kind of addicted <laughs> to getting your mail right now? So what if somebody... I know we are. We're always like, let's go to the mailbox. <laughs> You're probably, you know, anyways, I was gonna say, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But you, you, should, you should think about who would just be so delighted to get a handwritten letter from me right now. Yeah. Those things are treasured now. They're not a commodity anymore. There was a time where handwritten letters were a commodity. Everybody did that. Where people were annoyed by all the mail. And so it now just doesn't it's like, anymore. somebody wrote me. A letter. It wasn't even typed. I know. So special. I think that too, when we actually think about how we can invest, like writing a letter, um, I just want to encourage you that in biblical friendship, we should never be focused on what we would want and then giving people that. We need to actually think about the other person, think about how they're most valued, think about how they're wired and try to serve them in the way that they're going to feel most loved. Because to some person getting a, I think to most people getting a letter would be really beautiful right now. But, and they would be thankful for that. But the reality is, is some people, their gift is words of affirmation. Yeah. So getting the letter written to them is going to mean so much. I know that that's something that's huge to me. Um, but for other people, it's quality time. So taking time out and doing a FaceTime call and you know, spending that time with a person, listening to their heart, encouraging them, even though it's an investment and it's hard to get away from the kids and different things that's going on right now because we're all at home, it is something that's necessary. We actually need to purposefully try to invest in our relationships with one another. So just be the first if uh, it's not happening and, and go for it. And um, to everybody has this kind of desire to be known. Mm-hmm. Whether we admit it or not, yeah, we desire to be really known. And sometimes, if you don't feel known, you have these silent thoughts of desperation of nobody knows me, nobody understands me, mm-hmm. nobody gets me, nobody's in the same situation I'm in. And you know what? That mm-hmm. might be the enemy. It's definitely a door for the enemy to speak doubts into your head. You need and to take every thought captive. You need to take every under... thought captive, yeah. and you gotta go. You know what? Do I know others? Mm-hmm. Because you can't be known unless you're trying to know others. 
that is a catalyst for deeper relationship. Well, and you have to be what you want, right? So mm -hmm. if you want other people to open up to you, you actually have to be transparent and vulnerable with people first. A lot of times I would say that because our, our society and world in general is so busy, they've busied themselves out of actually making heart-to-heart -heart connections with people in such a way to where it's uncomfortable and unfamiliar, maybe never really been modeled for them. And so you may actually have to be the leader in trying to develop the deeper relationships. And I would just encourage you that the best way to do that is actually verbalize what your heart's desire is to someone else. They yeah. may not even know. That's right. And as far as church goes, I know your past. By the way, pastors are incredible. They have the hardest leader leadership job that exists yeah. There's a lot of reasons for that, and it's just honorable and admirable what they do. And so you may not agree with everything your pastor's doing, but no, I'm sure if he's being a pastor, his heart is right. Yeah. And um, he would or he he would be overjoyed if you were a new catalyst to deeper relationships in your church, or it's even for, with him. It's for yeah. sure not by design that any church doesn't want deep relationships. Right. It's just the way some churches are set up makes it Difficult. challenging. But mm -hmm. that's not by design. No. God designed it for deep relationship. But yes. maybe you need to be the catalyst to bring that right. to the culture of the church. Exactly. I know that for us, we have experienced deep relationships with people when we were part of bigger churches. But I'll tell you one thing right now. It was because we tried really hard. You guys, we were pursuing people, hospitality, all of those things. And I would say that the art of hospitality is somewhat extinct today. And I would encourage you to bring it back. It does not, it is not super hard. Like you could, and I know that we're like, I just brought up hospitality and here we have this stay at home order, right? Where people are not supposed to be getting together and stuff. But there are things that you can do, like going on a hike and staying far from each other or playing soccer, like in an open field, things like that. You could invite another family to do that as long as you are, you know. Yeah, that might not work, but I, but the spirit's there, honey. Yes. But <laughs> regardless, like the point is, is when you get out of this, once we're past the stay at home yeah. order, like be purposeful in letting people into your life. That's one way that you build deeper relationships is letting people in. And maybe you're already out of it in other parts of the country and even some states in our yeah. country are out yeah. of that too. So um, here's a scripture for you guys to help you uh, with this. He Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Uh, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We're supposed to literally stir up. We're supposed to proactively engage in relationship to stir up those relationships mm -hmm. and and love and good works in other people. And a lot of times we're just waiting to be stirred up because we want to feel loved. But sometimes you need to be the stirrer and then you get lots of stirring mm -hmm. back. And so that's super important. And the, oh, do you have something on that for yeah, me? Yeah, I just, I, that you read verse 24 and verse 25 is uh, kind of a heartstring for me it, on this. Yeah. Yes. It says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What is the day that it's referring to? When Jesus comes back. Right? And are we in the times that this is speaking of? Yes. Yes, we are. And so we need to be exhorting one another. You can't do that if you're not in communication. There is no time to spare, folks. No. And so- At least we should have that hard attitude. We should live like that. Right. Even if it's another 2,000 years until Jesus comes back. We don't know. It can be like a thief in the night. But I think we should live like we believe he's coming back right away because we live better. Mm -hmm. Amen.
Now, I would say that before we wrap up, the last thing that we really want to talk about is what this can reveal about you and your relationship with God. Like if you're experiencing those feelings that we were talking about at the beginning where you're like, man, I thought I had all these friends and nobody has texted me. No one has called me. No one has stopped by. Or maybe you got super sick. Maybe you got the flu. Maybe you got the coronavirus. Maybe you have allergies. Ah, Who knows? And you're just kind of feeling down. You're not sure if you have the virus that everybody's you know, whispering about and and nervous about, and you're feeling kind of lonely, kind of sad, and you feel isolated. Now we need to stop for a moment and we need to go, what does this reveal about my relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, is that we should never find our fulfillment and our contentment and our Hope. hope in our friendships or in people because people will always let us down. That's way too much of a burden on a human being. And it's not their responsibility. Actually, this, this is, this is what's so beautiful. And I know that this might be hard for you to hear, but if you're struggling with loneliness, you really need to read the Bible. You just really need to read the Bible because the, the truth is, is that those times when I experienced the most loneliness in my life regarding friendships were also, they turned into the seasons of massive spiritual growth. And it also became an introspective thing for me to have to ask my question, why do I feel lonely? Is this because I'm not finding fulfillment also in my marriage? Because there really should not be loneliness if you and your husband are one. And you should be able to enjoy and delight in having fellowship together. He's another, like women, your husband is an adult that's the same age as you. And you should be able to find fulfillment in that relationship. Actually, you should be best friends. And so there's that element that you need to reflect on your marriage, but you also need to reflect on your relationship with God because your relationship with God is really what makes you content. You can't put that burden of friendship on your husband either because he's going to fail you. And same goes for husbands. They can't put that burden of friendship on their wives expecting them to be like God or fulfilling them like Jesus would. And so aside from relationships outside of the marriage, right? Like friendships, we need to examine our marriages, but remember not to put burdens on one another that are not realistic spiritually and to keep God the priority. Amen. And what an opportunity to teach this to your older kids that might be missing their friends, might not be getting text messages back might you know not be comfortable making phone calls and so they're or maybe they're struggling with FOMO I mean imagine like our kids are pretty blessed because we have eight kids so they've got lots of people around all the time and you you, well I just said blessed but some of them are introverted so they might not see that as such a blessing they do no I'm just kidding but the reality is that they have a lot of siblings but there are people out there that don't have any siblings And so our kids are actually really blessed. And there might be like a single child or a kid that's like 10 years older than a sibling. And they're watching our kids post Insta stories of hanging out together, whatever. And they might have FOMO. And so we need, as parents, we need to be aware of like the heart attitudes and what's going on in our kids' hearts. And we need to point them to Christ because they can find their fulfillment. They can find their hope. Seize the opportunity, folks. Seize the opportunity. When there's challenge, there's opportunity to lead and to point your kids to Christ. And that's a a very important thing. And the final thing I want to mention to everybody is what is God teaching you? What is the purpose of all this? God is sovereign. It doesn't mean he wants everything that happens to happen necessarily, but he allows everything to happen that happens. And he wasn't necessarily the author. And he's not the author necessarily of these challenges, but 
he does want to redeem everything. Mm -hmm. And so what does he want to teach your nation? What does he want to teach the world right now? What does he want to teach your city, your community, your church community? What is he trying to teach you? What is he trying to teach your kids? Because if we focus on why God is allowing this to happen in a good way, Mm -hmm. then this can be redeemed. And that introspection is good. There is no reason anybody should be depressed right now because you have Christ. Mm -hmm. If you don't have Christ, then you need Christ. Mm -hmm. And he will fill you. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. And if you don't feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit responding to you, then you need to cry out to God and ask for it. Because he gives to all liberally without reproach. And the reality is that this is what he died for is yeah. for us to have salvation and to not have to live in the bondage of depression, to not live in the bondage of loneliness or isolation. He can fill that place. And the truth is, is that when we are fully sold out for Christ and we recognize that our life is not our own, then we we actually pursue our friendships from that standpoint. We pursue biblical community from that standpoint. We're no longer selfish in an island and not in community with other people and all about ourselves. No, we want to spread the love. We want to help other people. We want to support people financially when they're struggling. We want to lift one another up when we're sick. We want to bring meals. We want to, it's like when we truly are saved, our heart attitude changes to where it's all about us and how can I make myself more money and how can I changes from that. it changes from that to how can I give? Yeah. How can I serve? And when you are giving and serving, all of a sudden any amount of loneliness or isolation feelings or lack of hope starts to fall off like shackles that were broken. And that is the cure, you guys. That's why it says it's better to give than to receive. So sharpen your pencil so you can write that letter. Pick up your phone and learn how to make a phone call again and nourish your relationships. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.